In our last broadcast, we were talking about the values and privileges and right of church discipline. Every believer in Jesus Christ has the right to be disciplined. You say, that's the kind of right I can do without. Oh, no, you can't. Church discipline is extremely important. It's not some process that God has given to get rid of uh, all kinds of troublemakers in the church, as a lot of people think of church discipline, though it might do that in in the final analysis. But that's not its main purpose. The main purpose of church discipline is to win a man back to the Lord and to win him back to a reconciled condition with his brothers. And we were talking last time about the fact that many people think they've done all that they can do to try to solve a problem when they haven't even begun to do things that the Bible tells them to do. And in a very super pious fashion, which isn't pious at all because it isn't biblical, they just leave the whole thing mystically in the hands of God rather than following the directions in the power of the Spirit of God that the Word of God has given to them. And here are those directions in Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. There Jesus says, that if we're having problems with another brother that we can't get straightened away just in and of themselves, that we are to go to that brother. That's the first step that we talked about last time. Not wait for him to come to us. Of course, he's obligated to do so if he recognizes his sin. But we're to go to the brother. The one who is offended is obligated. You say, well, that doesn't seem right. The offender should come. Well, of course he should. But suppose he doesn't realize that he has offended you then nothing gets done, and that's exactly what happens week after week, year after year. People go on with the same old bitternesses and grievances against one another simply because the one who was offended sinned also. He sinned by not following verse 15. It says, if your brother sins, you go. You who have been offended, go and reprove him in private. And if he listens to you, you have won your brother. That, of course, is the purpose of church discipline, to win your brother to bring about peace, peaceful relations, peaceful communication, peaceful friendship between the two of you as brothers ought to be in peace with one another. But suppose he doesn't listen to you when you go to him. Suppose instead of winning him, he gets all the more angry. Suppose he gets upset. Suppose he says, look, I've had enough of this. You've come here four or five, six times. You've been coming after me again and again and again, t- telling me about this thing, and I don't want to do anything about it. I've had it. I don't want to do it, and I don't want you. Then what do you do? Well, the first thing you do, of course, is that you go in private, and you don't go just once. You keep going until you've exhausted that first resource. But if he says you have exhausted it by saying, look, uh, I'm not going to pay any more attention. Don't come again. Quit. Let's stop this whole business. If he refuses, then listen to verse 16. If he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. All right, so you take a couple arbiters along with you. They stand between the two of you. They become counselors. They try to get the two of you to be reconciled to one another. They do everything within their power as neutral observers and interested parties who are part of the body of Christ to bring about this reconciliation which was not affected by the two of you trying to do it alone. In other words, Jesus says, don't stop if you yourself fail, but go get an elder and the pastor, let's say, of the church and take them along with you. 
and the four of you sit down and talk this matter through and pray about this matter and come to a resolution of the question before God and before one another. This is the second step. You know, it's rare that it will ever have to be taken if the first is taken. But there are times when the second step will have to be taken. And when it will, you must take it. You don't have any option about this matter. You don't have any option to say, oh, well, he won't pay any attention to them, or he'll just get all the more angry, or he'll just get all the more upset if I do that. Listen, that's not your option to talk that way. You don't know how God's going to work. You've never even tried to do this. You say, well, that's why I haven't tried. Well, you are prejudging and judging this situation and judging the other people before it happens. You know, Jesus works especially in the ways in which he himself has told us that he's going to work. Indeed, at the very end of this section, he says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. That's not some kind of warrant for small prayer meetings. It's not even talking about prayer meetings. It's talking about the question of church discipline. And Jesus promises to be there in a very special way working through that church discipline. And you haven't allowed that to happen. You've been just letting it go on and on and on between the two of you, bitterness, resentment building up, differences growing, the matter uh, of the two of you and your relationship getting more sour every day, perhaps in a marriage, in a home, in a personal relationship at church, whatever it may be. And you tell me that you've done everything you can do. You tell me the other person isn't going to respond properly and it'll make things worse. You don't know that. And even if it does, even if things get worse, you are to follow what Jesus Christ says anyway. It's not your obligation to do something with respect to the other person. It's your obligation to do what you have to do, and you have to go. Well, what happens if he doesn't listen to them? Suppose they go back four or five times, and he finally says, Look, I've had enough of this. Get out of here and don't come back. All right, verse 17 makes that clear, the third step in church discipline. And if he refuses to listen to them, that is the arbiters, the counselors you bring with you, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, what does that mean? Well, finally, if, if he won't listen to you personally, as you go privately, if he won't listen to the arbiters or counselors you bring with you, then you are to bring the matter officially before the church board, before the elders of the church. And they are to tell him in the name of Jesus Christ that reconciliation must take place. And this power and this authority which Christ has given to them is to be wielded with love but with firmness. And then, finally, if he refuses to hear even the church, then they are to excommunicate him, not for the particular sin which he committed, but for his arrogance and his, his refusal to uh, heed the authority of Jesus Christ exercised by his church. And so they excommunicate him. They put him on the outside where the Gentile, that is the heathen, and where the tax collector who had been excommunicated were. But even then, he's not thrown out just simply to be gotten rid of. Even then, like that man in Corinth who was excommunicated, as Paul talks about his excommunication, he talks about it in 1 Corinthians 5, and he says, get rid of that man because of his arrogant spirit in which he refuses to repent. And then, in, in 2 Corinthians 2, verses 6 through 8, after the man did repent once he was excommunicated from the church, Paul says, quickly, 
lest there be too much sorrow in his, on his part, receive him back. Reaffirm your love for him and forgive him. Not only should the church be quick to excommunicate when someone refuses to hear the authority of Christ after all the long period of, of attempts to be uh, at reconciliation, but it ought to be even more quick to receive someone back once that person has repented of his sin. And so we have a wonderful process given to us by Jesus Christ. My friend, if you've never used it, start today. Start right now. Use the principles of the Word of God that have been given to you. Lord, help us not to say there is nothing more to do. Help us to listen and do what you tell us for Christ's sake. Amen.